0: Happy hour with Julie and Liz. So Liz, I yes. have our I, I have our happy uh, opening. I want to share with you before hey. we go to the dark side, <laughs> which okay. is happening really fast this episode. Um, so I it really wasn't happy. It was such a it was such a tender moment between two people. I don't know if you saw the moment where Joe Biden was walking with Dr. Jill. Um, in, oh, a green pa- I did in a green see a pasture. Picture. Yeah. <laughs> so he's walking in this green pasture and he bent over. He did not fall over. He bent over and he picked <laughs> a rose out of the middle of the grass. No, he picked a weed. Well, I thought Liz, it was a dandelion. He thought it was a rose. <laughs> and he handed it. Now, and it wasn't even a lot. It was a, it was a dead dandelion, which we call in Chicago a puffer. I don't know if you It's a guys weed.
1: He probably and, inadvertently spread like 50,000 more weed seeds by doing that. But okay.
0: But Not it did better because the media <laughs> swooned and it was just, it was so precious. It made me jealous. Like why doesn't my husband randomly reach down, pick up dead weeds and hand it to me? What am I doing wrong?
1: Julie, next time I see you, I'm gonna have a bouquet <laughs> of like, like really nasty weeds. I'll be like, Julie, I love you, my, my friend. The <laughs> we media need to find so a gross bunch and put it on our avatar, Twitter avatars. <laughs> it's so gross what they do, how they overcompensate. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. <sighs> so- I saw that picture and I was like. Does he know that's like a weed and that <laughs> any kind of gust that comes along is just going to blow? Because that's what those white things are. That's going to that's the seeds. You're spreading it.
0: Um, well, look, to be fair, Joe Biden would blow over before the dead dandelion, So you should just be I glad thought you were it-
1: going to say he fell over. Like, so I was like, well, uh, you know.
0: Oh, look, I I saved that fall. I was just picking a dead (laughs) dandelion for Dr. (laughs) Jill.
1: (laughs) This cover. (laughs) Lovely. Lovely. So we should talk about the Biden speech before some selected members of Congress that happened earlier this week. Um, Pumpkin head Joe, pumpkin brain Joe, and he gave um, a speech before some people, not all representatives were invited because despite like basically seating equivalent to, you know, a football stadium, okay. if people were too close together, they were, would, I don't know what they would do, I guess, give them, give each other the virus, even though they're all vaccinated. So it's like, I don't know what this vaccine hesitancy, where it's coming from. Um, but so Biden gave a speech. Not everybody was invited. And they were all socially distant seating to make that optics, you know, the virtue flex of look how responsible we are. And then they were like all close together, huddling and snickering and talking like after and before. But that doesn't matter. At least Biden didn't come out with a mask on. I half expected him to to give his speech with a mask on.
0: Or maybe a gas mask, like maybe a full space suit
1: that would be, that would be also a good optic. So Biden gave this, this speech. I didn't watch it.
0: Julie, do you watch it? I did. Cause that's what I did get paid really? the big bucks to do. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, I had to have a friend with me, a bottle of Syrah that helped ease the pain. you had
1: like a therapy dog with you. I couldn't watch it alone. I have a
0: therapy bottle.
1: therapy therapy wine with you medicine we call that medicine Um, exactly so so what were you uh what was i did not watch it and i didn't normally because i go to bed very early so when these things when trump would do these things i would not watch them live either because i like like joe biden i'm in bed pretty early and (laughs) um but i would wake up and i also wake up early so i'd immediately watch it you know on youtube i didn't even bother I just don't because I just don't even really care what he says. And no. so tell us, give us some highlights and your your thoughts.
0: <clears throat> well, first, the optics are powerful and just Joe Biden continues to wear masks mask in public. He just gave an interview last night explaining why it's patriotic duty. But look, The whole reason he and his administration have to keep promoting masks and socially distancing is to justify his absence from the public. So what happened Wednesday night is a perfect example of, despite the fact people are vaccinated, despite the fact the virus for the most part now a seasonal virus is ebbed and flowed for now, uh, especially where you guys are on the East coast. um, That uh, none of that matters because If they start taking their masks off, if they recognize that vaccines are working, there's no reason for Joe Biden not to have a full house, a full packed congressional galley. Um, But he can't. Why? Because he it will completely fluster him. He can't have that sort of commotion because of his he's mentally incapacitated. So that sort of activity will distract him and, and and actually enrage him as we saw in the campaign before he was locked in the basement because of COVID. So this all justifies no real traveling. He gave like this freaky car rally uh, in Georgia yesterday. So all of this is optics to keep him under wraps because otherwise, why aren't you out meeting with people? Why aren't you having big meetings with congressional leaders? Why aren't you out talking to Americans? Why aren't you, I, so all the normal things Things that we see presidents do in his first hundred days. He's done none of that. So he has to keep this up and his administration has to keep it up. So that was sort of the purpose of what happened Wednesday night. What he said, of course, typically outrageous things. He compared he said that the January 6th protest was the uh, worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. He lied, yeah. of course, about what happened on January 6th, said lives were lost. Of course, only one life was lost, Ashley Babbitt, uh, who no one cares about. And she's been completely memory hold. Um, <clears throat> so he continued this whole line about the insurrection, how dangerous, deadly it was, etc. Talked about his new plans for more spending, I think another two trillion on top of the four trillion that he's already spent. But a lot of it Liz, was just like warmed over Clinton I said, this sounds like a Clinton speech without the pizzazz. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you know, the race baiting, which he has to do uh, because they have to figure out some way to try to keep black people in line in the Democratic Party since they're uh, were showing a lack of interest in the last few elections. So that's basically that's the gist. You didn't miss much.
1: You know, I think they also keep up that appearances with the masks and the distancing, because you really, they need to sort of also justify the amount of money they keep planning to spend for for the virus. I mean, you know, if, if everything's all better, then, you know, they don't need to spend whatever billions of dollars to put in all sorts of fancy stuff, part of infrastructure, you know, more money to the schools. But, you know, they, I think they, they need, they really need this, severe situation to justify all this money that is just being spent like a drunken sailor or that they're proposing. And as soon as people don't feel like there's a crisis anymore, God forbid they forget, right? God forbid you live in a state like Florida or Texas or many of the other states that are open and your life as you experience is totally normal. You know, no masks or few masks kids in school, offices are open, you're operating, God forbid you forget, because then they aren't going to be able to take advantage of the fear that they've really generated. And so I do think that that's part of it. Um, I am really interested to learn or surprised to learn that 9-11 and the Oklahoma, the Murrah building bombing in Oklahoma Mm -hmm. City, Waco, um, Pearl Harbor, uh, you know, not not a not a not a bleep, not a bleep, but
0: uh, well, Liz, 6th, l- look, yes, let's be fair. OK, Timothy McVeigh never sat at Nancy Pelosi's desk. OK, so that right then and there exonerates him from being like one of the worst terrorists ever. I mean, it's not you know. like he wore furry uniform and horns and went into the Congress. I mean, that is just beyond the pale. We cannot have that in a free society cannot happen.
1: You know, it's really funny because the longer this gets drawn out and the more opportunities the left has to react and and fight against this or construct a narrative, the more you see that in addition to this being an attempt to quell like a populist uprising against the establishment, these people are just super butthurt because it was them. Mm -hmm. It was their, it was that it was their workplace. It was what they were doing and it was about them. It isn't, you know, that's right. really what pisses them off is that the, it's, it was their house, their sacred space or whatever the fuck they think it is. And that is just such an overriding concern. You know, issue here is that people managed to get into their space without their consent, because as we, you know, and I'm sure our listeners are, are smart too, we had people bust into the Kavanaugh confirmation hearing and do a sit-in mm-hmm. and accost elected officials, which were in the middle of an official proceeding and not a not a bleep on that. So it's truly that they were bested and that they were encroached on. And then of course they promptly put up a wall, which they spent four years telling us doesn't work to keep people <laughs> out. Right. But okay, you do you guys. So did you um, happen to check out Tim Scott's response? Um, senator Tim Scott from South Carolina he's the junior senator uh, of South Carolina to the to miss Lindsay's senior senator <laughs> and he is the one who responded to Biden. I did watch Tim Scott um, I have a low bar for Tim Scott and almost any senator who's uh, mm-hmm. on the right side of the aisle. and I think, he over delivered based on my low bar. You know, I think he did a decent job. I thought it could have been much worse. <laughs> so I guess at least look at well, Liz Cheney isn't in the Senate, but um, I was like, why not put out Liz Cheney, but all right, she's not in the Senate. So what did you think about what Tim Scott said?
0: Well, I'm with you. I had a pretty low bar. I tweeted out earlier in the day what I expected him to say, you know, bipartisanship and, you know, shiny city on the hill and all the bullshit rhetoric that used to sway us before, you know, the country started burning down. And I did not think he would address things like election fraud or he would take on challenge the Democrats race baiting, war, race war, Uh, you know, I just thought it would be sort of milk toasty. And it wasn't. I thought not only did he address those issues, um, but he had a night. He had a good tone about him, which once in a while, especially after the theater that we had seen right before that with um, Biden and the Democrats, I thought it was really on point. That being said, Tim Scott is not a future leader, at least of the America first movement. Um, You know, I tweeted out earlier and then a lot of other people did. He was all in on perpetuating the Russian collusion hoax of deep sixing uh, Mike Flynn of pushing for Robert Mueller among other things. Um, And so he, he, he doesn't get it right. We know that he doesn't get it. He did a nice job. I thought Wednesday night Um, I thought he put on a good face, you know, I watched it with my 20 year old daughter and she was like swooning. Well, she I mean, she's she's pretty based, as you know, she I gets what's going on. I but I think for, for our sit. you know, for I know, I will. but I think for <laughs> our kids or people who aren't immersed in this every day, it was a nice breather yeah. from. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I thought, right. To that well,
1: extent, he, he did his duty. <clears throat> he definitely comes off as a nice guy and a sensible one um, responding to the outrageous things that Biden was saying with the systemic racism and all this shit. And so Tim Scott comes out. He's very credible because of his life experience. You know, um, he came from slave slaves. He has been repeatedly stopped in Capitol Hill in d c and in general. So, you know, he kind of speaks to, um, the same things that the left are always appealing to, which is people saying the cops beat me up or I'm, ra- it, it, you know, I'm being singled out because I'm racist. And so I think in that sense, for the general public, I do think he did do a good job. Now you can always tell who is a good elected official by if they're embroiled in controversy. And if you'll notice, Tim Scott okay. is never embroiled in controversy except on this vulnerable issue for the Dems, which is that he's a black man, he's mm-hmm. very been very successful, and there's nothing that is upsetting, more upsetting to Democrats than an actual minority that is a success story, and this is why they also hate someone like Clarence Thomas, who came from nothing, very rough upbringing, turned out extremely successful, one of the most brilliant legal minds this country's ever had. Mm-hmm. So same with Tim Scott. So they did attack him because um, apparently his father was a you know, picked cotton and, uh, one of the retarded fact checkers at the Washington post, you know, took issue with that. They don't, you know, and I, I thought the new rules prevent us from ever questioning anyone's truth. So speaking you can question the right people's truth. So anyway, um, but i i do agree with you i think he did pretty good now again tim scott he is very milk toast he's not a fire burner and we're kind of at a point now where we need people we need arsonists you know we don't need that's right, that's right. um fence straddlers and that's tim scott and you know i he uh, under trump you know he had put together a criminal justice reform bill um i don't i didn't really i didn't read it but i know it was fairly popular it was summarily rejected by the left and you know i didn't think tim scott fought hard enough but again that's because he's a republican senator and that's that's their way <laughs> which is like oh right. okay you don't like it all right i'm sorry bye so anyway um, well that's so that why was one the-
0: on twitter oh. then uncle tim started trending of course yeah. right away
1: well because so- they- didn't I just yeah. say this last week on the show? These people don't believe anything they say about right. any of the groups that they use basically as shields, as human shields <laughs> to be right. criticized. They don't care about black people. They don't care about women. They don't care about Asians. They don't care about gays. They do not care. If you think that they really care, all you need to do is see that Uncle Tim was trending on Twitter. Go look at the things people say to Rick Ronell Go, go see the things the left says about Caitlyn Jenner. All right. Because yeah, that's another is, one
0: this week, right?
1: Is a Republican. She's running for governor of California. Um, watch what they say to women, conservative women, who they treat like garbage. So, and they say all kinds of names, degrading, sexual names about their appearance. They don't believe anything that they say. They are only using this to gain power. So, do you want to talk about Caitlyn Jenner? Caitlyn Jenner announced she is, or Caitlyn or Bruce, as some know her by, um, is announced that she's running for governor, of California. So, there's right. a lot of people running for governor that have announced. Um, it's going to be kind of a shit show. But the good news is that Gavin Newsom is going to be is up for recall, and so that I yeah, feel like yeah, that's, that's amazing. The, that's amazing. That's a great. That's a great um move. But so anyway, um, so there there's the Caitlyn Jenner thing. I don't I don't really care either way personally. I don't
0: either. Honestly, um,
1: I feel like if you run for governor of California, no matter who you are, it's a lose lose, right? Because if you lose, exactly, and you're a loser, exactly. and if you win, you're a loser because now that mess that's California is your responsibility. So, right, you know. Right. Really, exactly. There's no, no good. No good way um, on that. So, Julie, what else do we have on our list to talk about? We have a long. We had a long list.
0: We did, we have our interview with um, coming up in a minute here with the father of a 25-year-old man who was arrested and has been deta- is being detained in a DC jail with dozens of other protesters, uh, and so we'll get to that. That is. Not fascinating, infuriating, like maddening. Not America, but um. So, but the Democrats continue to pump that. We saw Biden do that again this week. We saw some hearings. The man who was. A photographed at Nancy Pelosi's, not her desk, a desk in her office. I listened in on that hearing. He finally was released from jail by an Obama judge, uh, surprisingly, but um, some of these judges are realized their hands are tied because of a DC appellate court ruling in the Munchell case that uh, basically told the judge and government to release them from pretrial detention. And so that's having some minor positive effects, um, but uh, the FBI continues to tweet out pictures of grandmas in Trump hats who were outside the Capitol and wanting people to hunt them down. So this is just really, this is escalating at such a high level. Oh, and of course, then what happened this week? Rudy Giuliani was raided by the FBI. Apparently it only oh, yeah. took, That's right. yeah, it took Lisa Monaco, uh, the former Obama uh, henchman, Who was approved by 48 Republican senators, confirmed to be the deputy AG, but she's really running the show because Merrick Garland is just a figurehead. Um, And so it only, apparently, she is the one who signed off on the warrant to execute. Of course she is. Yep. And then Victoria Tensing. And then, um, so, you know, this is going into hyperdrive mode, the political weaponization of our uh, Department of Justice
1: it's just a continuation I don't know if you watched Tucker last night he had on Rudy and Rudy said that they were totally cooperating so it's kind of like the Manafort thing where Paul Manafort and the lawyers had been cooperating with the feds and then all of a sudden they just got like you know uh you know uh no knock or not I guess they were knocking but you know they basically got raided um, and the same thing happened to Rudy who said I've uh, We've offered to we've been cooperating. He's like, I've had this for two years, you know, because the pretense of like doing a raid a subpoena, like a raid like that, enforcing it, is that oh, he's gonna destroy evidence. He's like, I've had this for two years. You know? Right. Well, I'm not destroying right. it. I've had it for two years. And then the real cherry on top is that he tried to give them Hunter Biden's hard drives. And they were like, nah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Those have, been been,
0: those have already those have already been like,
1: there's child pornography on here. Do you want it? <laughs> nope. 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 We're here for the FARA violation, which I like to remind our audience, if you don't know already, a FARA, FARA is the Foreign Agent Registration Act. If you lobby or work for a foreign country with towards the United States government, you need to file paperwork. Um, every second person in this town is doing that and they they fill out paperwork and traditionally if you don't do it and the government says you know what what you're doing is actually working for a foreign government you just fill out the paperwork this is not no one's ever been prosecuted for this is not (laughs) this is not a, a big deal but you know when you're fishing for some reason to make headlines and really that's what a lot of this is is your opinion shaping your narrative shaping um you know you want people to think oh my god Rudy did something terrible that's why they raided him and it's like well apparently they want to say he was actually working for the Ukrainian government now Rudy said on Tucker last night he's like I have it in my contracts it my legal contracts with my clients I am not lobbying for you I am not a lobbyist I don't do lobbying (laughs) so Who knows? But again, you know, it's the process is the punishment. So I'm not sure I didn't. I know that Rudy and John Solomon, who apparently also was some way a target of this uh, search, were did a lot of reporting on the Ukraine before even the Trump impeachment scandal. Mm -hmm. The fake impeachment happened. So. Um, well, Miranda Devine,
0: Miranda Devine at New York Post reported that and she said this last night on on Hannity that there has been they've been surveilling uh, Giuliani's iCloud account in oh, late yeah. 2019 when he was a lawyer for the president during the first impeachment trial. So she reported that apparently She's working on a book too. She's great. But um yes, yeah. so you know
1: Rudy said that as well. But just take a minute right. and think about what that means. This right. is a lawyer for the president of the United States who is involved in an impeachment hearing and the government is spying on the lawyer. I mean, holy shit, are you kidding? I mean, what?
0: You know what was I don't funny to Liz is people who are like, "Wait a second, this happened under Trump's Justice Department." It's like, "Okay, oh, first of all, it's not Trump's
1: Justice Department. It was never Trump's Justice
0: Department. It was never his Justice Department. And this was Southern District of New York. And that's like a whole other entity on its own, loaded with, you know, Preet bahara types. And so the idea that this was something Bill Barr, I, did he know about it? I have no idea. But it's just hilarious. People thinking that this was Trump's Justice Department. That that's some kind of, you know, uh, you know, own about what happened when it isn't.
1: Yeah, people have no idea the 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 almost autonomous machinery of the go, how the government has become like an autonomous separate machine from the actual people that are elected to do a job, and that you know the 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 the, the people that work there. There's 4,500 political appointees that are brought in. With each administration, there are specific slots in every agency. You have political appointees, and then you have the career. They're called careers, and they're it's their career. They're they're doing this, they're making widgets no matter who is the president. Um, but the careers, there's a lot of them. There's five million people I think that work in some form for the federal government, and you know they can gum up the works. And um, there was a really good podcast. I watched with Jack Murphy, which is a podcast Julie was just on, uh, with Amanda Milius and Darren Beatty, who both mm-hmm. work for the Trump administration. And they spent a fair amount of time talking about how you just could not move anything through. They were just not going to move the president's agenda. And in some cases, they were just doing whatever they, the previous, uh, you know, the Obama administration agenda on their own. Just we're going to just keep doing the same thing. So the idea that um, you know, these were Trump's people and the Justice Department um, is laughable. Now, why that is, is a story for another show, but because it's a travesty. But anyway, so well, I
0: think this is a good segue to our interview. Yes. With yes. Um, Ned Lang, who reached out to me um, and his son, Jacob, uh, about uh, what's happening to him and dozens of other political prisoners. Um, being held by their own government and by Joe Biden's uh, Justice Department. And it's something that is starting to get a little bit more attention, but needs to get a lot of attention, especially by uh, Republicans in Washington. They need to hear this and they need to hear what's happening to American citizens. So joining us today is a man whose son has been arrested Detained, denied bail, and now is sitting in solitary confinement in a D.C. jail, along with dozens of January 6th protesters. And for our listeners out there and followers, you know that Liz and I have been covering this uh, abusive egregious investigation quite extensively so we are very pleased to have someone uh, whose family members directly being uh, involved in this uh, investigation Um, and so today we have with us Ned Lang his son Jacob is uh, is in jail right now and he is finally speaking out about the horrific conditions and what's happening to his son so Ned thanks for joining Liz and me today
2: well, thank you for having me on, and thank you for your concern and all your help.
0: So, Ned, why don't we start off with a little bit of background, uh, what Jacob, Jake was doing there that day, what he's charged with, and just a little bit of background background before we get into uh, what's happening to him now.
2: Okay. Uh, Jake I went down to the uh, January 6th march uh, for President Trump in support for President Trump. Um, I could not go, and um, he went down there. Um, just to support uh the the mega movement if you will and support president trump um, we were all very angry upset i want to say maybe not so angry but uh, about the, this you know the way our election was stolen from us and what was going on and uh he wanted to show his support for president trump so he went down there on his own with some friends and um and from all indications uh, was there for peaceful purposes to join the uh the mega movement to protest the stealing of our election
0: and so, what happened then? So, he attended President Trump's speech and then walked over to the Capitol building, correct? That exactly. afternoon?
2: Exactly right. He was in the back of the crowd, he told me, and it was hard to hear, uh, but he was in the back of the crowd. And then um, and, and President Trump and some other folks spoke that day, and uh, they wanted to march down to the Capitol building to stand outside the Capitol building and protest peacefully. And uh, so, he became part of that march. Um, when he got down there to the um, to the barricades. Apparently there was already a lot of ruckus that apparently had been going on before the crowd got down there. And, um, and then the whole scene kind of erupted and there was a lot of motion in that day. And I can understand that because people are upset and, um, and things just kind of exploded. And, uh, and uh, you know, they I believe their, their intent was peaceful to go up and, and sit at the Capitol building in the Capitol building and, and uh, and sit on the steps, or you know, walk inside and, and and just you know do a peaceful protest, a civil disobedience, if you will, and uh, show that um you know that we're not okay with what was going on with our election and, and our democracy is at risk. And um, <laughs> and uh, things. I, I just come want to develop.
1: interject here that there was an event planned at the Capitol, right? People had been amassing outside the Capitol building while Trump was still speaking because there was going to be, people were always going to go there. So it, you know, I know um, we've heard that the speakers like incited this crowd to angrily, you know, charge down and break into the Capitol, but I think there were a lot of people already there because there was, they were, had always planned to be a protest outside the Capitol building. So I just want to.
2: Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly what, from what I, my take was. Um, and just, you know, I was there on January, excuse me, November with a busload of people and it was all very peaceful. And I really didn't see any, you know, I wasn't concerned about Jake's safety or anything else for him going down there. Um, it was supposed to be a peaceful protest about what was going on in our country. And, uh, Jake said, when he got down to that area, though, there was already a lot of, um, um, a lot of stuff going on and, um, and, uh, and things quickly, you know, got out of, got out of hand for whatever reason. Um, and, uh, and then of course the, I, I, see in the videos the barricades being moved back by the Capitol police and the people just pouring into the Capitol and, uh, he became part of that.
0: So um, walk us through there. I've, I've read through the charging documents. Your son is charged with several crimes, including um, impeding assaulting police officers. Apparently, he they have evidence of him with a riot shield and also a bat. Um, I looked through the evidence I'm very aware that uh, there are protective orders on this uh, this video and prosecutors are withholding full the full videos from even defense attorneys so they can sort of piece together whatever but it did look like Jacob was involved in some sort of um, you know ruckus. Attempting to get in there and then posted certain things on social media. So um, let's talk about what he's exactly charged with and then how he was arrested and what's happened since then.
2: Okay, Um, so Jake, um, apparently there was violence and, and Jake was part of the violence. Uh, from the, what the videos showed. Um, and I don't want to say too much more than that, but the videos are the videos. And actually my son posted <laughs> a lot of the videos himself. <laughs> right. Um, but anyway, um, that being said, um, uh, you know, that's not the way he was raised. I've had a huge issue with him. I said, you know, you were a peaceful protester and you're a, a patriot and a supporter of this country, right? Until you do commit any act of violence and, and whether he did or didn't, I'm not going to discuss that, but, um, right that is not okay it's not the way he was raised and it's not the way that um our family conducts its business Um, uh that being said um certain events happened for whatever reason um and uh and so jake um, and he you know again he (laughs) he posted these videos of himself there and um actually showed the um you know this is me this is me so you know i i don't know why he did that um that you can discuss with him when he when he can talk to the press but he did that. And um, and so he um, I had heard from him. Uh, oh, gosh. Um, let's say after that, he had uh, contacted me and um, and then I saw the videos. Um, I don't do Instagram or stuff, but either my other family members had passed the videos on to me and I, I saw what had happened. I was very angry with him and uh i i said you know what uh, what are you thinking here what, what happened so i don't know that question the answer to that question and jake's had other run-ins that we're not going to go into that but he's had you know a, a tough tough go of it you know growing up and done a lot of stupid things
0: and he's which all kids do i mean i've got a 20 year old and a 16 year old
2: <laughs> yeah it's
0: yeah. To, you know in any day and age but um how old is jacob now
2: he is, he just turned 25 in prison, um, in, uh, in April, April 7th. So, um, so he's, you know, that that's where he's at. And, uh, so, um, I was very, very angry with him. Um, I, I, you know, I said he was living in Newburgh and, uh, and so we knew he was going to be arrested and he should have been arrested if, if he did the things that, you know, that, that uh, looks like he did anyway, so in January thirteenth, um he was picked up by the uh, uh, by the FBI, I believe, and uh, taken from his apartment. and um then he was taken to numerous prisons. It was crazy. He was first of all down in New York City. Then a few days later he was moved to Orange County, and then from Orange County, he was moved to another prison, then flew out flown out to Oklahoma. Then they were in a prison in West Virginia. And then they ended up at the Department of Corrections in Washington, D.C. Um, and in the meantime, uh, you know, I, I, there was, we tried to, um, this all happened, I wanna say, on a Saturday. And on uh, on a Sunday, there's an attorney that I dealt with with other issues for Jake and I, um, Steve Metcalf and, and Marty, uh, great guys. And so I hired them and, uh, and they immediately got involved in Jake's case and uh, got protection for him, um, tried to get protection from him in prison so that these guys were not allowed in general population, because, of course, there's a lot of. Um, a lot of dissent out there uh, uh, between, you know, um, the political dissent, if you will, between folks in, in our country, as we we're all very aware. And yeah. so he um, he eventually, uh, I got, I want to say it was two weeks of bouncing him around and stuff, and no communication. And we were all very concerned what was going on. Um, that he was um, finally placed in in Washington D.C. Department of Corrections in a unit where just J6. Um, detainees were being held. There was, I want to say, almost 200 of them um, in, in that area uh, that, that he was kept in for a while.
0: So I just want to clarify one thing. And <clears throat> I mean, you acknowledge you know, that your son was involved in some wrongdoing. The charging documents do that as well. The issue here and with several other cases is that People are presumed innocent until proven guilty. And the standards for pretrial detention are extremely high or should be anyway in this country. And so the issue is not, you know, your son, you know, not defending bad behavior or trying to prevent him from, you know, due process in his trial. But this is not how charged how people defendants <clears throat> typically or at all are handled. And so, I mean, you're telling the story about him being transported all over the place because what the feds are doing are dragging these people from their home States into Washington, DC, into this DC, um, uh, treatment facility where then they face these horrific conditions and basically are treated as political prisoners. So, um, Liz, before he talks in detail about what's happening, do you have you want to ask her say anything?
1: Um, yeah. Well, I'm not a lawyer, but I, I I do find it curious that there that he was just bounced around to so many places. Like, why couldn't he just stay in New York State? And like, exactly. why couldn't they why couldn't they just you know open, you know execute their case against him in New York State um, exactly. with the jury of his peers? I might add. Um, it's whenever. They try things in D.C. There's a reason because there's a certain jury pool here. Um,
2: That's a little different. D.C. is
1: very insular and it's very swampy. And most people that live in the, we call it the DMV, which is D.C., Maryland, Virginia. Anyone, people that live in this area tend to be very supportive of the of the government and of government agencies because they're actually employees of the government agencies or their families are so I you know my first question is that's just really strange that they wouldn't just have him and and all of the people that they arrested why not just try them in their states and not drag them around but I guess we it could be considered punitive I don't know maybe they have another reason we don't know so I guess that's my that's 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 my statement.
0: I want to read one real one quick comment that I read in the charging documents. Well, this was the motion, the detention order, uh, that motion that was filed by Michael Sherwin, who was the acting U.S. attorney for D.C., who oversaw the first few months of this investigation and bragged about this shock and awe, his words, um, prosecution before Joe Biden's uh, inauguration to really basically intimidate people from coming into the Capitol to protest. And Michael Sherwin wrote about your son, the defendant was a spoke in the wheel that caused the historic events of January 6, 2021. And he is thus a danger to our society and a threat to the peaceful functioning of our community. Hmm. I mean, that's, that's pretty crazy stuff to hear yeah. from the government.
2: And, and, you know, the most telling part about this whole thing is that one of these folks and I'm not defending their actions. When you go against police violently, that is not okay. I, that's not the way we live as Americans. And I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not okay with that at any level, uh, no matter where you are in America. But what what's happening here is that, you know, there has not been one weapon. There was nobody went there to create violence, in my opinion. Um, they didn't bring weapons. There was no guns involved. There was no knives involved. There was nothing. Um, all of a sudden, this thing just kind of inflamed itself and uh and motions were high like i said and you know and, and people were upset and pissed off about what had happened in our election they stole it from us and uh and we all believe that i mean there's 75-80 million americans that believe in it uh, that mm-hmm. this is what happened and so when you put that together and then um there was already a lot of altercations apparently happening when jake got down to and his part of the crowd got down to the capitol building and um in jake's words you know he was dragging women out Uh, From underneath the crowd, a woman died in his arms. But that's a story he'll he'll have to tell. Um, I you know, I can't prove that. And uh, this is what he's told me. But, um, you know, this is this was not an act of terror, basically planned that these folks, you know, the D.A. or the attorney general, whoever is trying to, you know, accuse these guys and gals of this is not what you know the purpose was and if you read most of the statements from the, a lot of the people that were arrested on the J6 a detainees that lady from Texas you know they didn't go there for that reason they went there to support president Trump and to show their their, ups, their they were upset and anger over right. what had happened in our election
0: Um, Right. And they were justified in doing so. And I think that there were um, there were a handful of people, as Liz said, and I mean, there's evidence of this. There were agitators there at the Capitol that night, the night before, and certainly early that day, prepared to start problems. There were news media outlets there, photographers who were egging people on, such as Richard Barnett, who I know your attorney also represented him. The man uh, who went into Nancy Pelosi's office, uh, photographers were kind of prompting him to sit there and act natural, apparently, they said. So there were a lot of people feeling this it doesn't excuse bad behavior of adults who did things that they should not have done they should be punished accordingly but this is this is not how it's done right so tell us now the details about the conditions your son is tolerating and what is being inflicted on other january 6th detainees in dc
2: okay thank you I. So, um, you know, we have never, my family, we, we, I've never, I've never been arrested. I've got two speeding tickets. I'm 60 years old. So we don't know the the ins and outs of prison, if you will, as a family. And so we don't know what the conditions should or shouldn't be. But then when you start, you know, when you have a loved one in there and they start telling you of their accounts of what's happening, uh, it becomes very alarming and it's not right, you know? And so. Uh Jake has been uh when he first got there, they uh they put these 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 guys and gals, or the guys in his unit, in they're locked in their prison in their cells, small cell. Jake says four by eleven or something like that, or five by eleven, something, very tiny. Um, and they're locked in there twenty-three hours a day. They're let out one hour a day. Um, if they do anything that the guards determine are problematic or wrong, um, and in fact, um, Mr. Barnett got in an altercation with some guards when he just come out, uh, from his 23 hours in and Jake was on the phone with me and I could hear this screaming and yelling going on in the background and it was loud. And then the guards started you know, threatening the mace and all kind of stuff. And I said, Jake, what's going on there? He said, dad, you know, Barnett's in an argument with the prison guards and stuff because whatever, and I said, well, and he's saying, leave him be, leave him be. And I said, Jake, you know. And then the guard said, everybody back in their cells. And so Jake had to get off the phone with me. And they brought him up on three different violations. And he couldn't even get back to his cell because Barnett and the guards that were arguing were in his way, and he couldn't get back to his cell. He was exonerated of the two, but it's a kangaroo court. It's a prison. And the one, the one charge he was tried not not the orders of a C.O. And he just came out of tw- on top of being in for. T- 23 hours, one out. Then they put him into solitary, solitary confinement and took away everything but his Bible. And um, and uh, he a pen and a paper. Uh, You know, this 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 kid is he's got no religious freedoms in there. He's he's very close to the Lord and he's getting much closer because of this ordeal. uh, you know, he, he wants to preach and spread the word to the other inmates there. Um, they don't have any grooming services. There's no, there's no ability to work out, to exercise. They have to do it in their cell. He takes his, uh, a sock and puts a bunch of clothes in it and uses it for a punching bag in the cell just to try to get some exercise. The, the conditions there are, are and, 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 and quite alarming. And I'd like to read my, the, if I can, the latest letter that he sent to me to yesterday, he's on now he's on because, um, Things are so bad. Uh, the prison warden there said apparently this is working so well, this 23 hours in and one hour out, that um, they're going to uh, continue it past May 1st because they were saying originally it was about this COVID BS. And uh, so now, the, of course, it's easier for the guards to watch people that earn their cells 23 hours out one, and they bring them out, you know, just as individuals. So the guard, so the warden said, they're going to continue this, which is, it's just unbelievable. It's political persecution at this point. Mm-hmm. So this is my son's latest letter to me. And this really gives you an idea about what, uh, what's going on. I'd hate okay, let, me, okay. let me
1: ask, why was there no bail again? Like what, like, why is it just, he's been yeah. in prison for three or four oh, months now. So what days. was the reason you were given that he couldn't
2: post bail? Um, So, Steve, this is this is um, in talking to the attorney. They said he tells me, you know, with the federal, with the feds, um, you have one or two chances to get bail. And if you don't do it right, they they take that right away from you. Um, And that Steve Metcalf can answer better than I can. So anyway, so um, they they weren't even talking about bail because of what that letter that or the, excuse me, that statement just read about that prosecutor down in Washington, D.C. They're looking at these guys as some kind of homegrown terrorists and mm-hmm. all this other malarkey. And it's just pure BS. It's just, you know, they're just justifying the harsh treatment that they're, they're given to these people who aren't even they're charged with crimes, but they're not convicted of crimes. And in our country, as we all know, you're innocent until proven guilty. And they're treating these guys like, you uh, Jake says, "I feel like I'm in Guantanamo Bay." I said, "I got one better for you." I said, "I'm going from now on when I refer to the Washington D.O.C. I'm calling it the Hanoi Hilton." My brother Jerry was in the Marines in Vietnam, and he explained the conditions there. And uh, and it's just like they, you know, Hanoi Hilton. They just they're just messing with these guys and, and abusing them and using psychological torture. Um, even Elizabeth Warren said this is abusive. It's phys- right. phys- psychologically harmful. And, That's right. Uh, and and uh, I mean Elizabeth Warren of all people. So what's happening there? That's why um, you know Jake started the hunger, got the hunger strike is because of what's happening. And so and getting back to your bail question, so it's been a while before they would even talk about bail with my son, like in the last few weeks. And um, and so we have to see how deep the water is. And now they're saying that there's other possible charges they're going to bring him up on. That's what the, I guess that's what they do. And so so I, we said, listen. Show us what you have. The judge just determined that they have to show my, you know, Jake's attorneys what other charges or what other footage they might have to levy other charges against Jake and stop this, you know, putting the carrot out before the horse. And then, you know, it's threatening. And so we're, we're um, apparently going to get those videos. It's a lot. And um, but the judge ordered that that be released so that we, you know, we have to be able to make a defense. And um and speaking of defense, you know, this this young man and all these prisoners, when they have their attorney meetings, they're behind, they're in the attorneys is not one on one. You're in a room that you're, they're behind plexiglass. And my son's handcuffed and and whatnot. And everything that the attorney and the client says, everybody else in that room, including the guards, can hear exactly what's going on. There's mm-hmm. no possible way to 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 uh, to um, to be able to form a defense in, in of yourself that our constitution gives us the right to defend ourselves. As Americans, and there's no way that you can form a defense with without complete disclosure to everybody else around you. And there's no attorney client privilege whatsoever at this level. And it's so unfair. And it's it's a kangaroo court is, you know, it's just it's really discouraging as an American to understand that this is the way our government now is going to politically persecute and prosecute these folks because you're on the wrong side of the political spectrum and they're doing everything they can to to infringe upon our constitutional rights jake's civil rights and jake's human rights in jail and it's and it's it's absolutely disturbing as a parent and as an american i'm a veteran and this is this is not okay and and you know the only reason we as americans can continue to function as a society is that we all understand that there's uniformity in our laws that Mm -hmm. it doesn't it's not about your race creed color political persuasion sexual persuasion whatever Everybody should be governed and and be and be um, uh, given the same rights and freedoms and privileges, no matter what your your take on on our political society is or your other takes in society. And what well, they're doing now is they're taking that away from these folks because they don't like that they're President Trump supporters, and that's and it's really disturbing. Well, that's really
1: the cherry on top, isn't it? That the the January sixth um, protests occurred following just a summer and fall of violent rioting across the country, All some in some instances, attacking federal buildings with explosives, um, attacking police officers with lasers, blinding them, um, and the people who were arrested were just immediately released. And over and over and over again, we saw this Um and at the same time, people were being the prisons were being opened because of the virus coronavirus um, news right. report after news report. We have we're we're letting people out early. The virus is surging through the prison system. People are going out. Then you have places like New York, San Francisco, Oakland, um, places in California. No bail, no cash bail. So, you know, come back if you want for your hearing or not, whatever. And then that is in such a contrast. To what is happening, uh, what is happening to these people that were, you know, involved in some way in January six? I know that the DOJ has bragged that they've arrested over four hundred people. I don't know what for. I don't think four hundred people were directly responsible for, you know, the some of the serious things we saw, the violence with against the police and then breaking windows and breaking in. Um, you know, because I would think normally. I'm not really familiar with the criminal justice system, but I, I would think like a trespassing charge isn't, isn't going to get you denied bail and like put in solitary, at least (laughs) in the TV shows I watch. It's not, that's not how it works. So, or just the average American doesn't, doesn't think that people, everybody knows, okay, you can, you know, you're out on bail. I mean, even Harvey Weinstein got bail, you know, um, so it just it's even worse compared to, you know, when when it's highlighted the disparity in the way in which people are different people are treated, because it definitely does seem like the big crime was that they were Trump supporters and that they were skeptical of the of the 2020 election. And again, we just had four years of people that claim that Donald Trump didn't win the election because the Russians rigged it for him. So, you know, it's just. <laughs> really a tough pill to swallow as a, as, as a spectator. Um, so what, what are the next steps? Did you, yeah. um, can you read what the, are,
0: your latest, uh, communication from your son? What did oh he yeah, say? Yeah, I'm
1: sorry. Please do that.
0: Yes.
2: Okay. All right. Uh, Hey Fajr. good evening. I just got the pad back. He just got out of 20 days of solitary confinement. Love you. Missing home right now, very badly. I'm calling Steve tomorrow. Um, please text him, let him know that, uh, I'm on a hunger strike for our rights and all the guys uh, for our rights. All the other guys bailed out uh, of 40 of us. Only 14 said yes. Then it went down to four by this morning. And then by this afternoon, it was only me and one guy left. Now they took us out of the Patriot Union and messing around with us, destroying cards and pictures and threatening us. This is a human rights atrocity. I've been on solitary confinement for 100 days now, and I'm not even convicted of any crime with no end in sight. To the lockdown, the media needs to be alerted of our treatment, its torture, mentally, physically, socially, emotionally, legally, and spiritually with no religious services, cruel and unusual punishment and freedom of religious uh, practice violations. We have been stripped of all dignity and humanity. Copy and paste and send to Steve, please. I should have a legal private call with him tomorrow. I I need him to answer. It's imperative. I'm losing energy already. I won't give up until my constitutional liberties are secured. Enough of being treated like an animal. I'm a human made in the image of the almighty father to be free and have dignity and humanity. I will not be subjected to torture by my own country while across the street. I see normal Americans in their houses, completely oblivious to the disgusting treatment of people in here.
0: Oh my God. How do you, how do you as a parent? I mean, how do you sleep at night? I mean, how do you, how do you go through the day well, knowing that this is happening to your child? I, I, how?
2: Well, it's, it's, you know, every day is a, is a, you know, it's a, it's a stretch sometimes, but, you know, we all believe in the almighty, we're all Christians and, uh, you know, we have a lot of faith in God and that, you know, that there is good that will come out of this somehow, some way. Um, you know, it's, it's a real test, uh, uh, you know, in our family, you know, and our, uh, you know, just just, you know, you know, we have some daughters and he has two sisters and a brother and, uh, you know, they, um, you know, they're all, you know, they're all praying for him and, and, you know, trying to do the, the right thing and, uh, you know, reaching out to him constantly and sending them letters and sending them books and stuff. And, and, uh, you know, just, just, you know, making it through every day. So it's, it's a real testament to your belief in God and what is right and just in this country. um, And uh, to have this happening before our eyes, to see the reality of what our government has become, you know, Biden was on the other night talking about, you know, domestic terror and and uh, white white supremacy. And God knows, you know, um, you know, we all have our concealed carry permits. We're all good citizens. We're all good people. Um, None of us want, uh, you know, terrible things happen in this country. And one thing that you grasp and you believe in is that there is fairness in our government, that there is honesty in our government, that it is not totally fraudulent and corrupt, and that things will be done in an honest and genuine way and that our laws will not be corrupted. And you look around and you see what happened to Giuliani. You see what happened to many people around President Trump that were subjected to all these horrible um, things by the FBI and the DOJ. And you can see and you understand just how corrupt our government has become and now i feel it and i see it as an american father citizen um and uh and i you know you you have faith that things will turn around that things will be right But if our government really is so concerned about not radicalizing people and not turning them into these terrorists and stuff like that, then you can't do this to people. You can't just subject them to inequality, to political persecution, just because they uh, voted for one person and you don't like it. And uh, and, you know, that's when you see these countries melt down and you see the governments, um, you know, be held accountable at some point. And, you know, it's really it's really discerning. It's discouraging. Um, you just keep praying that things will turn around. Um, and so that's what we're doing every day. And, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, things will turn around before things, you know, get so so malicious that, um, people lose hope in our, in our society. and, And then you have, then you have tyranny. That
0: is so well said, um, And before I let you go to Liz's point, I want to make clear this is the same Justice Department that is actively dropping cases far worse than this of rioters in Portland who actually committed crimes, not only dropping those cases, but moving to expunge their records. This is also the same D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office, by the way, that is doing everything that they can to try to get off the hook a 13-year-old and a 15-year-old who killed a man, an Uber driver, in broad daylight. They are trying to make sure this is the same office that's prosecuting your son and every single January 6th defendant. Same office trying to get off the hook girls who killed an innocent man in the streets of Washington D.C. So when you talk about it, it's not even a, it's not even two systems of justice. There's no justice, zero, for people on the right, especially Trump supporters, while these criminals on the left continue to be let off the hook only to go and repeat the same violence, the same cycle of violence. So, um, Ned, according to court documents, Jacob's next hearing is not until June 15th. Is that correct?
2: Yes, that is correct. Yep.
0: So he will be in there until at least the middle of June.
2: Yes. Yes. We're, um, um, you know, with this hunger strike, I'm really concerned about him with this hunger strike and, uh, mm. there's one other person, uh, possibly two, um, that are also doing, this is his fourth day in. And, um, so way before that, you know, it's not even about whether he's innocent guilt or anything else and the crimes he, he may have committed. And if he did commit those crimes, um, he needs to be held accountable for and He needs due time. You know, that's, that's the way our system works. Um, it has to be fair and equitable, which we've gone over, you know, considerably. So, um, we're going to see where this thing lands, Steve, and um, uh, we, we're putting together a bail package, and um, we should have that before them, I believe, on Monday, okay. and uh, we're going to see where, you know, where that goes, um, and, uh, you know, I, you know, at this point, and, you know, I, <laughs> I'm almost at a point where we need to go down and start marching around and protesting yes. by the DOC, yes. uh, I will hire security, I will have my attorney there. Um, because you know, that it's not going to be fair and equitable if they try to do something and they will, um, to squelch us. So, um, but I think that's the next step here. If they, if we don't, you know, start getting, you know, these guys where they're not being held in solitary confinement for all this time and being, and let them be, you know, a lot of, like you said before, a lot of these guys aren't even convicted of a violent crime. They're just on government property. Give me a break. So, um. So, you know, we're on it. Um, We're assembling the forces here to, to, you know, to do peaceful protests. We have to outside the DOC. I've talked to, um, I've tried to talk to our Congressman Delgado. What a, what I just, I mean, he's a Democrat, of course, and so he's, you know, not about this. And I left a message for him yesterday. I said, you know, you're you're a congressman who's supposed to represent all the people, not just the people that voted for you, but all the people. Okay. And I said, I can't. This is the sixth or seventh phone call. I did get one call, phone call back from this uh, one of his staffers, Matt, but he refused to answer me, uh, refused to deal with this. Um, uh, you know, if some, whoever's running against him this time, I'm going to put up a considerable amount of money to get him out because he's, you know, he's biased, in my opinion. He's, he's not partisan and he is. Uh, he's corrupt. I mean, if you're not going to stand up for the rights, the human and civil rights of, of the people that you represent, then you don't deserve to be in office. You certainly don't deserve to be a congressman.
1: Have you well, tried we, well, uh... to reach out to these activist groups? I mean, there's a fair amount of activist groups. I mean, where's the ACLU? Um, I know that there's various prison reform groups. Um, I'm surprised I'm not hearing anything from these groups about the treatment of the January 6th Protesters, um, have you have you contacted any? You might be worth it to contact them and, and see what they have to say and see if they, you know, really believe what they promote
2: that they believe. I will call them today. I will, I will call the ACLU today, um, and uh, I'll Google these prison reform groups. I did speak to um, Steve about filing an action against the DOC, and it takes a long time. It's uh, because you have to first internally um, make a bunch of complaints, and then they have to be dealt with. with the, there's a Prison Reform Act that uh, doesn't allow you just to sue the prisons. It's a it's kind of a long drawn out process from what I was told yesterday. Um, but we're going to start, you know, putting every ounce of pressure we can on on the DOC. And, uh, you know, it's not about black, white, political, this, that or the other thing It's about, you know, treatment of humans in your jail that are citizens, not citizens. I don't care what who they are, but they all should be treated fairly and humanely. And this is not what's happening. And it's, and it's especially um, being um, politically uh, polarized uh, against these, these J6 um, folks that, uh, that are being held down there. Uh, and again, like you said, there's all of these Antifa folks and other folks that have been mm-hmm. marching and doing all kind of horrible things and whatnot. And you got Kamala Harris actually putting up, helping to raise bail for him and, and uh, helping to raise money for these folks that have done much worse crimes than my son is accused of. It's very discouraging.
0: It's it's beyond discouraging, but we want to uh, tell – we're happy to tell your story. Uh, happy is not the right word, but we want to tell your story. We want to stay uh, – please keep us updated on this so we can get the word out. We will tag Congressman uh, Delgado. I just followed him on Twitter, so we'll see if we can uh, social media harass him over the weekend with what's happening to your family. Um, and you know, we just, I guess for me, just, you know, Godspeed, God bless you. We'll keep your family and you know, my prayers. And this just is not America. You just hear these st- stories and read what's being said by judges and prosecutors, our own government against American citizens. And, um, it's just, it's such a dangerous time. And the lack of uh, outrage from our political leadership, especially Republicans, including the former president, is inexcusable. So
2: I couldn't agree more. And I appreciate your time, and your effort. I will stay in touch with you. I'm going to reach out to the ACLU today. Um, we um, will continue this. Uh, and if, we, um, if I do put together a protest, I will keep you, um, and, uh, and we'll, you know, keep on marching forward here and, uh, pray God, we're, uh, we'll find that there's light at the end of the tunnel. It's just, it's a long way off. And, uh, we're just hoping that, um, we're hoping that this political prosecution, um, doesn't even become bolder and, uh, more hurtful. And, uh, and, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's the concern because these, these folks, uh, are pretty, confident in their power and they seem to be able to abuse it uh without any cause for concern and, and no no backlash so but again thank you very much for your for your your you know sharing this and let me be sharing this with the, you and your folks that listen to you and i will be listening. thank to you. you okay thank you very much thanks yeah bye-bye
0: bye-bye thanks
1: for listening to happy hour with julie and liz we'll see you next week